Welcome to Honey Boy, episode four. Today we're going to sit with Vanessa Kirby. She's uh, definitely one of my favorite actresses and about to do a film with Shia LaBeouf. Uh, we are really lucky to have her and have her speak to us and ask us some tough questions about how we made Honey Boy and speak to her about things we don't necessarily always feel comfortable about speaking to with journalists and people we meet really quickly, but Vanessa is a friend to all of us and um, she's here with us today. That's ladies brutal. and gentlemen, That's ladies like and gentlemen, let's, let me, let <laughs> yeah, me, welcome, let me, let me, welcome, yeah, let's, come on, you got to ingratiate her, she's here, Vanessa Kirby's here, Go. Vanessa Kirby's an incredible artist, she came here to bless us with her facts, presence facts. and help us get through this fucking podcast, <laughs> 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 so, so, thank you. so thank you for coming Word. in, yeah, we don't really have a structure, it's been pretty loosey-goosey right. in here, right, yeah, but you guys are my friends and I love the movie so much and I actually have you know, I actually wanted to ask you some questions about it. I've, oh. asked, I've asked you all a few questions about it. Cool. Yeah. Separately. 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 Yes. Like I remember Lucas, I remember like just after you filmed it in New York, you saying it was the best creative experience you'd ever had. Word, word. Yeah. It was a lot of factors. Um, I knew I wanted to work with Shia. He was sort of like one of those people in my mind that was sort of like, I think the best way to describe this was like he's one of the artists who made me feel like uh, it was special to be alive today. Do you know what I mean? Like there are some people who are like, you know that, you know that feeling. Like yeah. that it's like, usually I'm like, fuck, I'm born today. But like there are some people who are like, yeah. like make today feel a little bit more like, okay, here we go. Do you yeah. think that's because there's like an immediacy to him? <laughs> Talking about him, <laughs> Great like not the room. Yeah. Like, you know, like a, like a kind of like a total presence in some way. I, well, I didn't know him at the time, so I, I think that is what I was picking up on, but your mom said this thing about you that when you were born, she saw God vibrating out of you at a very high frequency. She talks her shit, yeah. yeah. Thank you, mom. Yeah, she talks her shit. <laughs> and, and what I hear that is just energy, like energy vibrating out of you at a very high frequency, which is very real to anybody who knows him and has seen his shit, is like there's a lot, I think, of pent up love, yeah. like a lot of love just bouncing around in there, you know, mm -hmm. and just shining. And so that's I, very like potent, isn't word. it? That's like a potent. Uh, so potent. Do you know what I mean? That's so like potent. A, that's like it's a, potent right now, it's it was potent right then, it was potent. It. But also um, like on that note, sorry to keep asking you please, like, please. a question for everyone, but like, so you always wanted to work with him. Do you ever think you'd be playing him? Yeah, I had the feeling. I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, you know yeah, what? he's the one. He's, he's the one. The one on the man. Yeah. He's got God vibrating off him. I yeah, do. I need that God yeah. frequency. I've got none of that. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, I, I've I've had limited experience of playing real people, but you know, to actually play someone who who's written this like you're playing someone who's here right. with you right now. That's right. like I mean, I I felt better because the person wasn't. It was years ago yes. and like yeah. people, but you guys are playing people who you know. Right. And so. And they're with you. Like, they're yeah. with you. And did you yeah. not feel like an incredible well, amount of watching what, while what's, you're doing What's interesting it. about my relationship with Shia is I knew him, but at the same time, I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Like we never knew each other mm -hmm. when we were mm -hmm. making the That's movie. true. And like we still are like just getting to know each other in moments. That's yeah. true. So like we, he is to me like, like I certainly planned this, but like he is like a bit of a mythological. He's a he is a piece of mythology to me, 
And that's from growing up with him. That's from studying him. That's from uh, being around him in a way that n- neither of us ever really broke the wall of like, because I think we had this project. It was always, there was always something, at least there was always something I wanted from you. And I feel like it was, we, we never got together just to, you know, yeah. just like, let's just it's like true. be, you know, present. But there was no reason, I don't know. That's a mutual feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Because you always had something, I always wanted something from you Word. too. I, th- I didn't want to assume. Yeah, oh, I thought for maybe sure. Yeah, true. definitely, <laughs> definitely. You know, and also, I mean, you had a harder job because you're, you're, I'm observing you and you feel my observation, whereas my father is sort of what you're talking about. My father was distant. Nobody really, really knew my dad. I had a little bit more creative leeway. Yeah. I could do this or that, and nobody would like go check up on it. Other Although than he Alma, would, he would give us notes on his clown would, outfit, obsessively. Yeah, yeah, he was obsessed like, with the clown the outfit. The clown outfit yes. was really important. That's important. With like but shoulders was, and yeah. tongue. This yeah. is all shit that like adorable. I remember that he would have been yeah. okay yeah. either way. Right. Whereas you, yours, and and Noah also is very quite quite specific. Yeah, some of these things yeah, that you guys made choices. But that's what you were doing. Yeah. as the character yes, because yes. of his heart. Yes, right? yes, and then he started picking up on that, and then it started flooding the set. Became quite infectious. This wasn't something that came from my dad. This was something that I started doing as my as father, dad, yeah. as my dad, yeah. and then which my father never did. <laughs> it's just something I did, and then Noah picked up on it. Then Noah picked up on it, and then he picked up on Noah doing it. It was like a, uh, there's a lot of like weird cycle. physical things that they weird. would like all kind of share, which was really like yeah, infectious. Contagious yeah. on the set. Yeah. But back to what you were talking about in terms of mm-hmm. wanting something from you. I remember right. being on set one time, and this is early on when you were filming, and I wasn't filming yet. I was just in like costume mode, and you were pacing on set. You were getting ready to go into the trailer to go film this the scenes in yeah. the trailer. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday when he was listening to music. He was listening to music, and yeah. I really wanted to like, I not even in character, nothing. I needed to calm myself. I was getting intimidated. Whoa. fully intimidated by your prep. I started getting very scared. I thought, <laughs> oh my God, I'm not ready for this. And I remember even saying to you, like, yeah. I'm intimi- Luke, he's intimidating me. I need yeah, to, I need like, a jab. Kind of... I need to like, f- I need to like humanize him because I'm right. getting terrified. Because right. otherwise it looks like I'm just coming to eat you. Yes. That was what it, I yes. bet it felt like. Yes, it did I think feel that's that what way. It was also like, I because I didn't know how to connect to you, I wanted to eat you. Yes, you know and then I, mean? I started thinking this is, this, this, is, this is maybe what my father was feeling you know also. Feeling, right? yeah, I know feeling. Then I started leaning into that, thinking this is my father probably felt this. And then I was the enemy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. On that note, can I, I just want to impress you. About, you? That's all I want. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask that like about the polarity that you that you clearly have gone into of like. Finding, I I can imagine, I don't know, I'm asking you, like, the empathy for your dad, as well as wrestling with the the opposite of that. Yes. And, like, did that, like, going into him, Mm -hmm. did that create healing? Yes. For him? Yes. So compassion? Yes. Looking through his eyes? Yes, yes. Because the movie, I feel, is kind of does that. My experience of it is, like, look at the darkness, you know, and then go into it. yes. To, to heal it, you yes. know? But also, but also find the, the light in it and the yeah. compassion because like kind of, I feel like when you walked into him and I could see you kind of transitioning into him, because uh, at first we were kind of attending to the script and at a certain point yes. you were just like, okay, I can't touch yes. the script, I have to go there. Yes. And I feel like that's a lot of what I saw you from the outside starting to see is 
how hard it was for him to be paid by his son or yes. seeing his son's success and which all of you those helped things. me with this is what this wow. shit led to wow yeah be, wanting to reach out to you and have you like me and also feeling like you hated me was feeding into this feeling that I, I wasn't prepared for yet Whoa. i hadn't seen my me i hadn't seen Whoa. me with my father so i was Whoa. watching you and your study of me and what you thought right. you had read and and it's one thing to write it and see it as you know from but then to experience it felt like tragic Whoa. and then then uh, then that informed a lot of things and and probably fucked that last scene up completely right but that scene was never, never right no nah, never could have yeah. made sense but but uh, informed the scenes with noah that specific moment with you in the pacing in the parking lot wound up informing a lot with Noah. Wait, I still don't know what moment that that is. You probably but... weren't aware for because you were you were hopping and jumping around and doing <laughs> things that you thought that I did offset. Right. You started doing offset. Yes, yes. Yeah, which intimidated the fuck out of me. <laughs> and then I had never I had never seen me from that angle. Whoa. So I right. didn't know what the experience of another actor experiencing that had ever been. Right. I always assumed what it would be, and then somebody's actually doing it to you, and Whoa. it's and like aping. I remember you aping the set, mm. gorilla like around the set, like right. pissing on things. Right, right. And I got very scared. <laughs> I remember getting very scared. Yeah. And then when Noah came around and we were doing our stuff after you had already done, there was the myth of you that was mm. permeating the set. You had right. just you had just like plowed through two weeks of heavy, <laughs> and the crew was reacting to it. I remember coming to set and going like, "How how are things?" Not to Alma because Alma was gonna. I already knew what Alma was gonna be. Right, Plus, right. she was quite focused. And I was aware of your sensitivity. Yes, whenever I would talk hyper about aware because it got like, competitive. Yeah, it got competitive yeah. in the way that my father was competitive. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It got very yeah. high. But I could see you're using it. Like I could see. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, I was and leaning I feel, into and it. And I feel like that's something I really didn't understand until I worked on this film because I haven't my worked with actors for a second. But don't don't you feel in a full real way, which I'm still recovering. Always do that because. Obviously, I've never directed actors before this film other than in a short Yeah, no, consciously no, and unconsciously. Yeah, I feel like you really create almost the kind of, like you said before, twisting your life and yeah. dramatizing yeah. it yeah. to create the feelings you need for yeah, yeah. the film itself. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not as strategic as maybe other actors would be. Okay, okay. It's not but, as strategic. But genuinely, everybody's wrapped around it too, in yeah. a way, because it becomes the reality. Yeah, it becomes the reality. And this is what I mean by what we were talking about earlier before Vanessa was in here about about uh, not having a choice. There's no way, nowhere else to go. Like I'll put myself in a situation where there is nowhere else to go, which I guess would go back to this even mm. Stevens thing of having no wrong choice. Mm. Yeah, I'm so scared I'm going to fuck the choice up. I don't want to give myself these choices. So then my life will start to reflect what's on the page that when I get there, there's nowhere else to go. I have no choice but to be in that. And, and so I started feeling this thing from you and I started feeling my life slip away. Uh, uh, like, yeah, um, you left the house and you went, left to the the house, went into the motel, said goodbye to my life, basically, like, in a real way, which, <laughs> which is still, I'm still, like, recovering. Right. Um, it's more like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, <laughs> big time. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, big time. And, and, and oh, I don't know if it was necessary or not, really. Don't know if it was necessary. And it was quite painful. Right. And I remember I couldn't talk to you for a while. And then you had left, and I was still, like, Dealing with the repercussions of a bomb going off in the middle of my fucking living room, pretty much. And like trying to, trying to, just a lot going on, boy. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it sounds time. super pretentious, but at the same time. Doesn't you know, sound pretentious. Doesn't okay. sound pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a gift. Yeah, it put me in that motel. Right. Yeah. Which was a choice I was gonna make, but then was forced to make. 
based on visits mm. and things and and the shame factor like i started leaning into things i don't remember if you remember but i remember i remember, I remember tell me I, I, I i'm sure can't. i remember i almost, I almost can't i, I almost mean, can't no worries. i almost can't and by saying that i think you know what i mean there was a there was a moment happening in my living room right in yeah, real time <laughs> that I leaned into. Right. That I could have leaned away from. Right, right, right But right. I didn't. I leaned into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I knew it would spark the whole fucking rest of my journey. Right. Which right. created like yeah. madness, which right, you were a right, part of right, as well. Right, right. Yeah, which is what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And 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 it put me in the motel. And so 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 what did you learn? Did you know this about yes. how intimidating your own son could be to you? No. This is what I mean. And you These learned on this, which gave you like compassion, yes, intense yes, amount of compassion. Yes, yes, yes. Because from your perspective of a child, you never even think no, that you would be, no. because your dad is the one. Correct. But actually, he was continually probably feeling less than or. Always. Yeah. yeah. That was the and biggest insight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was kind of the yeah. biggest insight into the character. Yes. In a way. And yes. so, has your relationship changed with your dad since? Oh, yeah. It's my fucking baby boy now. He's like, oh my, my God, little, that's yeah, he's incredible. Like, yeah, we yeah. coddle each other. But this is, and then this is after seven years of no talking that we're in this place now where we're in teddy bear mode. Yeah. Like, talk to him this morning. It's like super sweet. Sweeter than anything we have in our film, actually. Like, right. a whole note, because we never got to it in our film. In that way, did you understand addiction? I, I understand More. the, I, I understand, no. That's not, no. This is, no. My father's addiction. Is bred is 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 out of another thing. My dad isn't in a constant monologuing in his head. Mm. My dad, it, his addiction comes from something else, mm. which comes from like deep, deep shame and regret. Mm -hmm. My addiction comes from a quieting of a monologue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my comes from this. But need that to monologue, shut the voice in down. many ways, and Could that critical voice. Regret, right? No, yeah. I would say I would say that that critical voice is of your father's in a way. Like, mm. there's something about him always criticizing yeah. you and being angry at you in that room that carries, because a lot of times the inner voice that we have is, like our parents' voice sometimes becomes our inner voice. I don't know if I put it all on my father now. No, being of course away. not, but yeah. some of it. Yes, for sure some of it. Some of the critical. But my dad was never a perfectionist in the same way. My dad was always, would, would have been happy. You know, my dad would have been happy if I stopped after even Stevens. If even Stevens was just, my dad would have been like, yeah, fucking you did it. You know, it was <laughs> never, he never had big goals for me that way. His goals were never as big as my goals. His dreams were never as big as mine or as vivid. And his, he's never been a perfectionist that way. My dad's always been okay with doing like 50%. He's never been the same kind of neurotic. Yeah, he's kind of a hippie. My dad has never perfected anything. Not that I'm saying hippies can't do anything, but I'm saying no, there's a chill quality there's a chill to your quality. dad that you definitely don't. Yeah, he leans into the, um, he doesn't, he's not as controlling. Even with me, like I, I look at it now and I think my dad was trying to be a father, which is where his control came from. He thought a father tells you what to do. Right. Yeah, but in life away from that relationship, he was never very controlling with himself. Yeah, whereas I've tried to play God in my own life. Alma, so you talked about children of alcoholics or addicts, and um, I know that you you really wanted to explore that in this. You, you know, films sometimes concentrate on addiction, alcoholism, yeah. in different ways, but rarely on the child. Yeah, I feel like I've myself discovered it in my own life because uh, my father is an alcoholic and uh, still drinks and uh, kind of fairly proud of it in a way. And we laugh about it a lot now, but there was a period where, you know, my family's life revolved around him stopping, wanting him to stop drinking to the point that he uh, actually like, um, I would say lied to me for 12 years that he's not drinking and, and was drinking, uh, you know, 
behind closed doors, so I wouldn't know, and then confessed it to me, actually, um, pretty much a little before we made the film, um, that he's still drinking. So I've kind of lived with it my whole life, and I didn't, I wasn't aware, I thought that a lot of my problems and my issues, or the things that I kind of feel like the tools I was missing, a lot of it I kind of thought had had come from drinking my own drinking or like you know yeah. my own because life. you didn't know no I just didn't know that um, I guess when I came to Los Angeles at a certain point I discovered that uh, children of alcoholics is a thing I guess that there are rooms for that you know that there are um, that there are kind of behaviors and things that children of alcoholics do um, and there's as they say, like a, a laundry list of what are those things and what is the, what are the behaviors that come from from living in a reality where, for instance, your you know your parent is drinking, but always even if you see that it's happening, they deny it or say no, yeah. that's not true. You're yeah. you're, you're so just, deny your own reality. Or, yeah, yeah, all of those things are just like all sorts of. Um, you know, things that come from wanting to take care of somebody and always kind of uh, wanting another person to what they call like a para-alcoholic, which is like kind of always ending up either dating alcoholics or taking care of other people in a yeah. certain way or confusing, um, you know, love with a certain kind of fear and care and mm -hmm. fear for another person. Um, a lot of things like that and got into that um in the rooms, as they call it, and really understood how those things manifest in my life and also that need for control and how that kind of, um, what's the flip side of that? And like how pe so many people's lives that are children of alcoholics and children of addicts, I feel when I meet them, I, I, I know. Like we kind of connect, there's like a certain mm -hmm. almost like thing where you are always feeling responsible for other people in a certain way. And um, you kind of uh, would put yourself aside, your feelings aside and not even know what you're, you're not capable of feelings. You're feeling your own feelings. You're first of all feeling empathy and other people's feelings, almost like an empath of some sort, but kind of really brought into it. And I think Shia has that heavy. And like, I think finding a way to live with that was a huge thing for me. So I thought it was, Amazing to tell that story, like how they, like you said, they never tell it from that perspective. Like I see a lot of movies about addiction, but not about like, you know, being, I, I had to stop drinking in order to stop missing the drama. Trying drugs gave me empathy. To your father. To people, because I thought people who did these things, I felt a certain way about people who uh, cater to their emotions versus logic. Like I'm like, oh, these these are the people we should get rid of. Yeah, cause you, yeah, cause you're very judgmental of people that have let emotions run their lives. Yeah, it's a weak. Yeah, I consider right. it a weakness. And I'm the opposite. Like I'm very scared of people that are cold. Like I'm, I feel more comfortable with crazy people than I feel with cold people. So it's the flip side of that, you know. And not to say that that's balance, uh, but that's just finding balance with all of those things. And I think just reading Shia's script, I was so. You know, he was just writing things I never could put into words and it was like in the subtext sometimes. It wasn't even, it wasn't plot. You know, this film is not plot driven. And Shia, if anything was like, anything that smelled like plot, he was like, 
it's not it's plot right, like right, he right. he hates yeah. anything exposition yeah or exposition what, i mean yeah. i i actually yeah, fuck yeah, with I plot like i i want to <laughs> i i the edit in a way kind of almost had to Built find <laughs> some kind mm -hmm. of emotional mm -hmm. plot even mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but uh but yeah the film was just this kind of you know he wrote it in rehab obviously and it was yeah. just this like almost just such a pure exploration of the dynamics that happen in those families and like the way people like protect each other and attack each other or like it was just a, it was really hit me hard. So have you felt um, any coming out of it the other side like gratitude for yeah oh yeah definitely you know yeah definitely for oddly because you know the idea the kind of that your most existential and your most painful experiences in a way your most healing. I, th I think the biggest problem is to not have a problem. I feel bad for those people. Right. Those people, at least I see them in my rooms, in the shit that I'm in, and these people are fucking hopeless. I feel bad for people who don't go a little crazy at some point. I feel bad for them. Yeah, it's back, it's so, yeah, it's kind of what you were talking about in terms of, yes, drugs, but it allows you to empathize. Yeah, so going a little crazy, it increases empathy. Yeah, feeling that kind of shame increases my my gratitude for the stable moments in my life, and it's probably gonna inform the way that I work from here on out, you know? We won't experience the same things I've experienced. I'm gratitude for the lessons that I've learned along the way, to be this close to the flame and be able to survive it and come out the other side and not have completely, you know, tanked my whole fucking life to get through it. Me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It takes strength for certain people to get that close and bounce back, and I'm like, I'm not, I can't bounce back. Like you go, you he went to the flame, and he told me how the flame was, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't have to go to the flame. <laughs> See, and and that, I think, <laughs> this was important. I think it takes a really smart man to learn from your own mistakes, and it takes some kind of fucking genius mind to learn from other people's. And I've never had this kind of mind you have. But it's brave, it's braveness in that. It's fear in the other thing. Well, had I not had people, to sh this is why I'm grateful for the people that went through it with me. Yeah. Had I not, this wouldn't have worked out with another group of people. True. But it's like. We needed it. Yeah. You know, like in a yeah. way, I feel like that's like kind of the the thing that you meet somebody at a certain point that you both are looking for certain lessons in order to come out the other side together. We were talking about this as well. Yeah, yeah. Life will gift you with yeah. opportunity when you're ready for it. Yeah. I guess. I remember actually when I saw you last week, whenever it was, saying the thing when I watched it. Um, I think I said this to you as well. Like. The thing that struck me most about it and what I loved most was that it felt it felt like um, uh, almost like a need to express. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was a journey that you went on for you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. a lot of things can feel like they're for other people mm -hmm. or they're for the audience mm -hmm. or they're for this or that or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And this felt like so pure mm -hmm. in its intention of mm -hmm. I want to explore this mm -hmm. and everybody in it. And you know, Alma leading it, like, it, it, the whole thing feels like that. Mm -hmm. And that is so rare and so mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. And I responded so much because I felt so honored that I was invited into it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was presented to me mm -hmm. to make me learn about you mm -hmm. or about mm -hmm. any of the issues or whatever mm -hmm. in a way, like, and that is kind of cathartic for me to watch mm -hmm. because it's like this is someone expressing something that needs to be expressed right now at mm -hmm. this time of life and everybody collectively. Right. And that is so, that is essentially love. Mm -hmm. That <laughs> what is, is the, the energy that comes off it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's just mm. so yeah. special and so rare. Yeah. I especially don't often feel in like the time that. now where every film, uh, well, a lot of films, especially when the Sundance was about mm. awareness to 
to hate or or not uh, groups that have not been included in certain things. Um, and and then this story was able to transcend all that. When people would go to see a specific film for something that they were they felt was speaking to them directly, this film came and spoke to everybody, whether they wanted yes. to be uh, vulnerable to it or not. It tri- just triggered them like boom, and that's what that's that's one thing I like about well, it. Well, trust and love are words that I think are quite synonymous. And in order to invite somebody into your most vulnerable, private things requires trust, and to give to to trust strangers is um, it has to be for you. You have to be getting vulnerable for you. If you're trying to get vulnerable for other people, there's no way, you know, this, like the podcast only starts to feel comfortable when it feels like, all right, you get to lean into your your vulnerable. And in that way, there's a trust yeah. exchange that happens between us and the camera people and the sound people. There's a trust exchange that happens that has a way of, uh, has a calming effect. And I, 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 I yeah, my writing wasn't for Alma. When I sent it to Alma, it was for me. And that was, I guess, that that tone permeated the entire entirety of the shoot. It never ever got to the point where I was ever thinking about an audience perspective on it. Had I, there are certain things that would not be in the film. Can I ask you guys about masculinity then? I know we talked about it a lot. Like, yeah. please. Um, in regards to this, but did you do you what have you discovered about masculinity in the doing of this? Oh, shit. Yeah, we just talked about yeah. that like yeah. a lot. I came up yeah. with a bunch of myth. I came right. up with a bunch of cowboy John Wayne myth. Yeah. From a father who was, whose masculinity, because my father was a victim of sexual abuse, my father went all the way the other way with this shit. Like he could never deal with the other flame. This, he had dead this side, which wasn't any more authentic. It became this constant performance. And also why he was such a womanizer. He was constantly trying to prove to himself that he was a man because he had been raped when he was very young. Mm-hmm. It's also why he went to the war. It's also why he became this guy, this biker fucking gangster t- character. Mm-hmm. All stemmed from this, this, this masculinity theft that happened to him. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I could never equate my my masculinity to that, but it made me understand my father's what what my what was necessary to be able to to hang out with my father. Yeah, like what he needed from me in order to hang out with him. So when I see him now, I do feed into this masculinity thing. I do feed into the in a myriad of different ways, but I'm more aware of it. And in terms of my own personally, there is something about getting naked in front of people at this level, getting vulnerable in front of people that does. I do remember, like, I literally took Nymphomaniac because of this same topic. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I actually chose to do this movie because I thought the only way out is through. The only way I'll ever be able to come to terms with this shit that has been leveled on me from my father's sickness is I need to get... And when you got naked at Sigouras too, I remember you yeah, said that. Th- you, yeah, this came out of nowhere. And was this out wasn't of from nowhere. you saying that. I didn't that. ask you yeah, to no, do I, it. No, I asked you. Just like, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna. I pushed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not on any kind of skeezy, sleazy type shit. Because right. D- I had talked to Dina no, about it. No, of course. It. Dina was into the idea of no, it as well. It, it, she was actually getting naked, and you said I should be naked. Yes, yeah, she got, and then I said, oh yeah, yeah this is the way you should go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and this was maybe two months before Nymphomania. Yeah. Because that felt freeing in a way that felt. Healthy, for sure. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm, if yeah. I'm gonna really use this shit to like get well, yeah, then this is a big topic for me that comes stems from my father's shit that's been leveled right. on my back, and now right. I gotta 
work my way through this. But also why I've been a serial monogamist for such a long time was like, it's this trust thing. Once you do trust somebody and you expose yourself and you get vulnerable with somebody, it's like, oh, well, I can never go anywhere now. You're the one that I've trusted. So I thought, all right, well, yeah, yeah. I've tried to get closer to my to a freedom in my masculinity through the yeah. work. And this was a huge chunk of it because this isn't like a, a sidebar. This is directly attacking what specifically was leveled on me in a very, in a very clear-cut way. That that I re- ver- word for word things that affected my life word for word, verbatim mm-hmm. verbatim actually verbatim things that uh, informed my life and then also my father always looked at acting as like a very fey thing, a very um, emasculating thing. What are you going to be forty putting on fucking makeup like? What kind of life are you going to live? You know like who? What kind of man are you talking about? You know my dad never, my dad always shit on these kind of mm-hmm. men. I remember being around Harrison Ford with my father. And my dad, like Harrison Ford, walked past. And my dad would look at me and go, like, like this guy. And this fucking Harrison Ford, he's yoked up. You know what I mean? He's like a dude. My dad would always like shit on guys like that in front of me. And th- so there was no like where to go. There was no like way. Then I went really hard at this job to try to blue collar the craft. Right. And went so hard at it that I thought well, I'm gonna make this something that's harder than Vietnam. I'll make you look at this job like. This is blue collar maximum. That this is like a working man fucking thing. This is a dirty thing. You don't know anything about this. And I, my my career decisions in, came from that. This him shitting on my craft, which was my whole life, which still is. I got to deal with this. Still is my whole way of defining <laughs> myself. You know, it is my dad's female roster. This shit that we're this craft. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, it'd be the equivalent to to. I guess calling out my father's masculinity. I've actually built my masculinity in this craft. I'm crafting it now as we go. I'm like building it as we go. Uh, of, of a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, specifically this shit that we just talked about. Yeah. And even being able to have this conversation like yes, this, because yes. I feel like you also kind of surrounded yourself for years after that, like with really role models that were like so masculine. Yeah. So, and I was like kind of always- a strange masculine. I was making yeah. fun of it in a way yes. too, that you're yes. always like, you know, want like that kind of yes. army general yes. To, yes. to be around you. And you're also, also have these like Jewish hippie women, like yes. your mom and me around you actually. Yes. And like not yes. the, the general that you could like kind yes. of go like that yes. to. But yes. now I feel like you're less, a slave to that. I, not even a slave to it. I'm yeah. actually not. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. It actually can't work like that. And really? consequently, how do you feel, everyone, that your masculinity relates to femininity? Oh, oh my relates. as like my relationship with it now is like the God and the devil. Who's you know, the God and who's the devil? Or, and, the, and does it matter? Legacy. Or is it just? They're both. They're both, both okay. at the end of the day. So it's just dualism. Yeah, it's, just, it's dualism. Because everything I realized, because my dad's paranoid schizophrenic, everything I learned about women, about stuff, is just, was, it's like I, I equated to being not real. Oh, any, anything he said, do you mean? Yeah, anything he said about women, I was like, oh, it couldn't have been real. Because mm. it was always from a, a not trusting standpoint. Yeah, and I, like, Yeah, and I'm like, oh, he's, par- he's a paranoid person. That's what I realized later. So it's up to me to define. Now I'm actually able to define what a man is. And it's not as uh, the old school way as probably my grandfather, my dad is. It's a little bit more feminine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I make the bed. Yeah. I'm making the bed. I could do that. I'm going to shop. I'm going to go shopping, but I'm also going to do this thing. I'm going to work on the cars. 
too. You know what I mean? So uh, to me, it's, 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 it's the balance of, of being able to like, uh, you know, uh, take a, a scrub to my, get the dead skin off the bottom of my feet. But at the same time, I talk shit with a dude. Like, yeah, you gonna fuck that bitch? And I play around with, with both. You gonna play, you gonna fuck her or you gonna, you gonna cuddle with her? <laughs> you cuddle from the front, you gonna cuddle from the back, you know? <laughs> well, it's interesting because what you've just said is that you, for a while, inherited your dad's perspective. Well, things, I had, and then your grandfather. Yeah. So like the movie as but well. But my mom was, also... was more of a man than my than my dad. Right. My mother was more of a brute, and a, and and then my dad was an addict. He was more of the emotional guy. So I didn't know that till later. Like he was always talking about his feelings, and I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? You know, falling in love with prostitutes and stuff that I would consider weak. You know, and then it's like, oh, uh, my whole this side of my whole family is. She's seen my family, Gender so they is all so like performative. Like, all yeah, the time. they all like these emotional yeah. group that I shied away yeah. from. Yeah. So it was a part of me I wasn't even ex- accepting. Yeah. You know, I guess like what you what you're saying, I think like it totally applies to the movie is that the 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 ability and the power we have to rewrite the scripts that we've been given, and I feel like this generation yeah. more than ever, right. it is yes. like you know this movie is like is very like immediate, like Shire is, you know, yeah. because. Because you wouldn't have a movie like this. You wouldn't have a movie like this because people haven't examined themselves in yeah. the way that we are now being kind yeah. of yeah. like forced to. And, and, and also, so. I feel like there are a lot of stories that, and not to, um, you know, kind of uh, speak to something that I'm passionate about and uh, try not to always impose on every discussion we have, but I do believe it has to do with giving women directors the, the ability yes. to tell not just the stories we expect them to tell, because there's like an expectation that when a woman director comes, she should do a story about another woman or about a certain kind of thing. And we do need more stories about women, but we also need to see men through the the eyes of women directors. And that's something that like, it's almost like all men see themselves for years. Like it's like a brainwash, like, 95, 90 whatever percent of all movies are directed by men. So little boys and men constantly see their stories only told through the eyes of other men who are themselves kind of alpha males usually. So it's like this really mythological kind of definition of, of manhood that could be broken with new storytellers. Totally. You know? And yeah. also the the I really I feel that it's not like blaming men and their masculinity and toxic masculinity from the women's perspective. The most important thing is to be in our power as women. Right. And that allows the man to be in his power, right? In the, in the, in the polarity and dualism right. of, and, of and each other. And have compassion for a man. Do you all see us differently than one we see ourselves, yeah. and two then society see us. Because yeah. even guys are questioned, like, "Dang, why is she with this dude?" You know, because y'all see something very powerful in that person that attracts you to him, and then to be able to take that and tell a story about that uh, I think would be powerful. Even if it's somebody that we all hated, we all grew up to hate or, can you imagine Hercules, the story of Hercules told from his girlfriend's <laughs> uh, perspective? Like, yeah, he, he shitted on himself. The Conan the Barbarian shitted on himself. <laughs> After all them battles, I watched his underwear. <laughs> Full of shit. <laughs> so you will see a more tame <laughs> version of um, right. It'll make him more <laughs> Word. complete. 
Yeah, know? but all we see is heroic tales. We right? see the yeah, battles yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. I really like feel that, that yeah. I, what I was amazed on this film, that was discovering Lucas and Noah, who I feel are kind of like, and Shai and me talked about it a lot, are kind of like next generation kind of freedom of some of the performance Fluidity, of gender. Yeah, totally. And the expectations of like, define instead of defining yourself, because in general, all we're talking about here are the mythological gender, like performative, right. right, things. Like a man's supposed to do that, a woman's supposed to do that. While I feel Lucas so much more naturally, to use his own word, lives on the spectrum, right, of, of what are what is that definition? And like, I think I'm so um, inspired and impressed by our ability at such a young age to embrace that <clears throat> or be free of that, I guess, you know, because I feel like so many years I, I actually feel very masculine in many ways and like have been in many relationships blamed for being masculine when I was in, in you know, normative heterosexual relationships. And I think like there's a generation that it means totally something else to now, which I feel like it, oh, I feel finally kind of, you know, mm. finally it's, it's liberating. Mm to have that be part of the discussion. Did you feel now walking into this film, like and having to play Shia, like I saw sides of you I've never seen as an actor. Right. I've seen you play masculinity in a way I've never seen you in any other film. Do right. it, do it in a way like. Um, yeah, I never saw this as sort of piggybacking from this and answering what you asked earlier at the same time. Um, I, I feel like this project for me was never about masculinity. It was about like chasing my dreams and chasing my hero, you know? That, that, that's what it was about making my life. It, it was about taking for myself, taking my dreams and making them real. Um, and, and maybe that is the most masculine like sort of belief, you know, I think one of the things that, one of the things that's most poisonous about our world is that it's not okay to be mediocre at something. And I'm, I'm, I'm reckoning with that in myself. If anything, that's like, like, I, I just, I do not accept it in myself. I hate myself so much when I feel mediocre. And I almost think that it's the freest thing, it's the, the freest you can be is to allow yourself to be mediocre. Because and, and, I know we've yeah. spoken about this, it's like the idea of being special and perfect, the flip side of that is always not being enough. It's such a mind fuck because at the same time, like, what would this project have looked like if I was like, showed up and was like, it'll be all right if I like, it'll be good, you know, I'll get on set and things will be fine. Like for this role, I needed to like run on a fucking hamster wheel for three months, um, chasing nothing and everything. But with response to, what, your question was specifically about masculinity and yeah. femininity. Yeah, and I think right? we didn't we didn't approach it necessarily like that, but just in terms of energy of like right. supposedly, let's say that there is like a leaning forward energy that you. But what's you kind interesting of like about with. the energy is deeply yes, the the, the energy is very. Like, do you forward. remember that time we were at my house and I was like, I opened all these photos of yes. Shaya. Yeah, Shaya, you know that was this? no, he doesn't. We went know through about all that. these photos of you. I and put she, out a lot of photos and I was like, Tell, she was yeah. like. Pick the photos in which you see something in Shia that you don't think you have and something and the things that you feel like you do have. That you can play. And so I picked all the yeah. photos that I was like, yeah, I got that. And yeah, I don't have that. And then she was like, 
we talked through. Yeah, all we the talked through it. Like, what is it? But it was it was about acting those, like acting the, the essence of, right. of that. Like, what do you feel like? Yeah, because there was like things that are intimidating if you can yes. go there or not yes. and reach it. Yes. And um, I wonder if that, in any way, I don't think that was tied into masculinity, though. I, I don't. I don't know if I can ascribe the things that I would one would, I think, assume are more masculine right. as being the masculine things about him. Yeah. I don't think that that's true. Mm. Um, I find, yeah, I don't, I don't even think I really know what masculine and feminine is. And I think the right. belief that I think this, the masculine things of him perhaps are the things that are archetypally masculine, maybe, I, I have no idea what they derive from. Or what energetic pools? These they scripts, like. these scripts you were talking about. Yeah, these. Real scripts. masculinity is like a fucking mountain, like a rock that you right. can't move. Yeah, that's what masculinity is. Mm. Masculinity is boring, actually. To you? Oh uh, no! In on camera, real true masculinity is not interesting to or look at. Or is that the idea of the idea? Of this one idea. No, I think when I think of what a man is, a man is you bring a little kid to the park. Little kid is like looking at a a, a bunch of new friends. And they they run off, and then they get scared, and they reach back, and there's a hand there. That hand is that hand always being there is what I think of as that is masculinity. The hand is there. The hand of when I think of a the, the Christian God, God is there. You close your eyes, you pray, God is there. It's stable, it's dependable, it's consistent, and it's there. It cannot be moved. It is emo- it, right. Yeah, it's like a mountain. Mm. You go away, you live your life, you come back, the mountain is there. You can bet on it, you can depend on it. Mm. Dependable, uh, consistent, these things aren't interesting on camera. What's interesting on camera is Joaquin and thinking, it could go this way, but it might go this way. You have to stay focused because at any moment it could go any fucking which way. It's almost not dependable. Oh, that makes sense. But what's dope about, I guess, what we said earlier about you think you don't fit into these groups, that's what makes your spectrum so broad. And I can identify slightly with that of not fitting in. So you got a little piece of this, you got a little piece of that, you got a little piece of this, a little piece of that. But it allows you to be with every circle for yeah, a while and kick it until you're done, until you get enough and you're like, all right, I'm done with this. Because yeah. um, every group has, they get too deep into their thing mm. to where you're like, all right, I've been here long enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the idea that like the feminine qualities in the man are what we believe to be the feminine qualities. Right, the receptive. Yeah. I've seen that, people use emotion and vulnerability yeah. to manipulate in a way that perhaps is traditional of toxic masculinity, right. you know, in, in terms of how we see it. Like, that's very real. Of course. Anything. Yeah, it's all reductive, yeah, the whole exactly. conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Basically, yeah. is exactly. reductive. Like, and, and everything that's yeah. happening right now is, uh, is, is, is a reckoning, but it's also reductive. That's what's happening but once, right now. Once the reckoning stops, then the nuance can come in. I look at rap music now as an older, as an older black man coming from that situation, and I'm like, oh, these are all... Emo kids <laughs> just expressing anger or lack of love. That's all hip hop is. It's by fuck your girlfriend. I'm like, man. Yeah. What's Tropes, wrong with you? Scripts. You gotta go take somebody else's. Right. Look at all this jewelry I got. I need attention. But I mean, it's interesting enough to see it, but at the time, you don't see it like that. No. When but you if you look at Tupac, right? That's a, yeah, that was a different beast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tupac has, is, his, 
his twin flame is on re is revved Word. all the way up. Yeah, yeah, he's dipping into both things. Yep. Yeah, at the same time. Whereas if you look at Biggie, Biggie was a mountain. He was consistent. His yep. energy was always the same. He was far more masculine. But if you were to if you were to think about it in retrospect, Pac always felt like he could have took Biggie. It always for me felt like fuck. It could, even during the battle, like I always thought, if these dudes were in a room, Pac would rip this man apart. Because he would mm. be right, and yeah. and so I guess I have these old scripts of masculinity also about like violence, mm. right? You know, and and this who winning, takes who? Uh, yeah, yeah, who takes who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the two flame thing is true about Tupac. Yes, he was he was so he was in his poet. feminine. Yeah, he was both. so in his feminine. Nah, in. I would say he was far more feminine than he was than he was masculine. Far more. I think so. Yeah, because the, the the emotion the emotion in his in his rhymes, and then some of the stuff he spoke about, some of the game he put us on. Like the, the the song he wrote about his mama, uh, I never heard nothing like that before, and and about and about women in general, and then telling uh, my generation that all the game came from a woman, came from a woman, which only my best friend told me. Yeah, he learned how to talk to women because his sister taught him. He was yeah, he was came up with women. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh yeah, we do get every. We learn how to treat yeah, only was, a woman can really teach you how to sure. teach a, treat a woman. Yeah. Like my dad can't really teach me how to. He can teach me how to how to pull a woman, but he can't teach me how to treat a woman. A woman. Mm -hmm. wow. Same. And what's cues to look wow. for, and when to know they're angry, like, or if they ever angry at all, you know. And what so love is. Who taught you that then? I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still cool. learning. <laughs> like zoom I had in, to read zoom in. Two shots. Zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> I I had to redefine or, or learn what love love is, which I just learned like probably in the, the, like maybe this year in the last two years, like. And it, and and our our relationship has made me and my mother and sister relationship better, which has made how I relate to my family better. Cause that those things are the missing pieces. The things I might not have believed in or love or some of these things was the missing piece that views how you view the world. And I'm like, man, some people grew up with this yeah. type of foundation. Right. And it made them more successful because of that. Because really what we're talking about is belief system about who, who we are, like our sense of self. And like we have collective ones, like to be a man is this kind of archetype, yeah. this kind of thing. But in a way, I remember reading this thing like last week where it said the tribes, the indigenous tribes, they don't get up in the morning ever and think, what do I look like today? They just don't have that sense of uh, any attachment to who I am and who therefore everyone experiences me as. And, so and way, that's the performance, right? Like the performance of self part too. Yes, right? yeah. and, and then, and then so, yeah, in a way. So it's yeah. like the belief system that then creates the performative nature of yeah. who we believe ourselves to be, which is actually getting further and further away from the truth of who we really are. And so the job, and I think the film does this, is like to go, who am I underneath, underneath, underneath all of those things, those things that I've been taught, those things that I believe about myself, those things that I'm, I have inherited There's from stories, generations and yeah. generations and generations yeah. of, of kind of uh, dysfunctional or actually abstract where we think them to be real, you know? And so like mm. maybe an exploration of, of, you know, life should be an exploration of dismantling those all the time. That's where I'm at now is just the exploration of that and then the sharing of Yes, of, of what that. you get, yeah. Yeah, and then like people people connect to those things easier. People connect to this movie easier because of that. It don't matter if they came to see a movie on, on incarceration of black people. When they sit in that, that theater and they watch this movie, they touched. You know, people from all walks of life. And 
that's when you're hitting the note, the universal note, or the the frequency that that we need to resonate with one another. Exactly, and I would argue that the movie, and I've said this, is like beginning from Shire's insides, uh, an exploration for, of self. You know, and that's the thing that it does in its form, and that's what universally people, I imagine, respond to because. It's like a dismantling of all the things during the movie with everybody a part of that kind of taking things down where, you know, and, and, and in a way a kind of call for everybody to examine that. Yeah, because everybody tells a story to themselves about themselves. Yeah. And then at some point you have to kind of examine what that story is. Wow. There's this thing someone told me last week again where they were saying, there's this like anecdote or whatever, where um, someone's granny or the, the mum like every Christmas, she has this ham and she cuts the and the sides off the thing. And then one day the daughter was like, why do you do that every Christmas? And she was like, I don't know. I don't, I just do it. There's no need for it. Why do you do it? And she asked her mum, who then said, oh, I think like my great, great, great grandmother, that the, the, the pot size was, wasn't big enough mm. that they had at home. So they had to cut the sides of the, no in order to fit it in. And so you're doing wow. things unconsciously, like yeah. generations later that make no sense to, Wow. But you just without even knowing it. You and know, that's, that's what's like important. A, yeah. That's why that story's important. I heard it with a with a pot. I heard it with a pot. Oh. The Christmas store, and they had to use a certain pot, and the pot was missing. And they was like, "We uh -oh. can't make it without this pot." Yeah. And they was like, "Why do we use this pot? Oh, because that's the pot." That great, great, great. Yeah. So, I you mean, know about the monkey test? They took a bunch of um, monkeys and put them in this cage, and they had these squirt guns above the cage, and they had a um, a small little pedestal. These like five foot monkeys, three foot monkeys. They put this little pedestal in it where the monkey could get up on the pedestal and just barely touch this banana that was hanging from a, um, a rope. And they put all these monkeys in this cage and they have this squirt gun set up in such a way where the minute one of these monkeys touches the banana, they all get uh, squirted with scolding hot water. And so they have like six or seven monkeys in the cage. Monkey, the monkeys are there for a while and they observe the banana. One of the monkeys jumps on the pedestal, tips the banana. They all get squirted with this hot water. This happens about two or three times and the monkeys pretty much get all these seven monkeys. And anytime they touch the banana, they're gonna get, all of them are gonna get squirted with this hot, uh, scolding hot water. So then they replace one of the monkeys. They put a new monkey in and they turn off the squirt guns. And then that monkey doesn't know anything about these rules. And you got six monkeys in there who do know these rules. And those monkeys aren't touching the banana, but the new monkey's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to get this banana, jumps on the pedestal, and before he can jump up to get it, all the other monkeys pull him back down. Whoa. And then one by one, they start replacing every single monkey so that none of the original mm. monkeys are in the, in the cage anymore. And there's this Yo. unspoken rule that all of them know that, that bananas are not for us, even though everything scientifically, my, every fiber of my being is inclined to go after that banana, none of them do. They just know based on generations that came before them in the cage, that that is off limits. And that everyone in the tribe knows that if anybody feels the inclination, to not. And oh. so then none of the new monkeys ever try for the banana. But wait, so wait, what happened? Like, I just want to get it straight. Did they never jump for the banana even after they replaced five or six of them? No, because it was, it was an unspoken reality. The new wow. reality was sort of like money. Yeah, the heritage. It's just like money. It's just like money. We yeah. don't know why. It's just it's just come before us, and we all have yeah. signed up to this these rules. Signed up to jump, though. 
A lot uh, of people. No, 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 nobody jumps anymore. This, this is what this is what the test is about. Yeah, None of the new monkeys jumps. ever even jump anymore, and they don't even try to stop each other from doing it. It's just an unspoken rule. Right, right. Nobody right. really questions the fact that money is worthless. I would argue all of us jump though. <laughs> yes, but yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Why, why we could make this film is that we jump even yes. though the hot yeah, water comes. Yeah, we took come. a chance. We took, as I said, chances were made. And, We're like the monkeys that get. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. They're, they're. I guess they're still remaining. I, mean, I don't at know least what this, this banana test. symbolizes, but I just know that truth <laughs> that we yeah, jump. Some kind of truth. Well, yeah. we all universal burn. connection to truth. Like, or what is it that makes something. you human? Right. You know, what is it separates us from Siri? Suffering. Right. If I was we to all pull out the phone and say, like hot water. It is. It is. If <laughs> I was to ask Siri, what is it that separates you from Siri? Suffering. suffering. If you pulled your phone out right now, somebody pull your phone out. So we pull, pull your phone out and and you know you hey, can ask Siri, Siri questions. Hey, Siri. Ask ask Siri say ask Siri Siri do you feel pain? I don't have an answer for that. Right. Is there something else I can help with? Right. Yes. Siri has Bananas. an answer for everything else, but can't answer right. that question. So what actually set what makes us human and separates us from machine is suffering. And I guess you could look at that as some kind of. I would say love banana. too. Ask Siri if she experiences love. I I, I can. I guess they're synonymous. I can tell you right now, Siri. I don't can feel tell love. you, <laughs> Siri got no love. <laughs> yeah, not do you feel. Yeah. Only what? Do, do do you feel Only love? Do you feel love? I don't have an answer for that. Right, Is beliefs and feelings are. A machine can have beliefs. Love, freedom, suffering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're all connected. They're all connected. Yeah, they yeah. all mean the same thing. Like art, love, God, all those things mean the same thing. You wrote me that. You wrote me that in your yeah. uh, letter. They do mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. The, now I'm thinking about animals. Like, man, do animals? Yes. Yes. Which is why the monkeys. Th this is why they don't reach for the banana. Um, but do they know what God is? Or they don't. Are we God to them? They are God. <laughs> For sure. Uh, 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 animals have <laughs> attachments. Have, animals have are God. Animals feel love. Animals feel attachments to one another. They feel a connectedness. But they don't pray or nothing like that. No, but they feel suffering. Yeah. Which leads to love, which leads to God, which yeah. leads to art. All these things are connected. Suffering and love are the same word, almost. So are we the monkeys that were used to the hot water? Yes. So we just wanted to see what the banana... Like, let's finally get the banana. I think to ask questions like, like the questions that are... <laughs> Yeah, the, asking questions like the questions that come up in this movie is the jump towards the banana, mm -hmm. and you're willing to get scolded by yes. by hot water. Yeah, this is, yeah. we're all yeah. jumping to the banana. This movie yeah. was jumping towards yeah. the banana while the water is just constantly yeah, it's on. <laughs> pouring. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Great banana, by the way, it was worth it. Yeah. And now we're gonna take a call from all right, our caller. Now we're gonna get yeah. <laughs> caller, caller. <laughs> Caller? Whoa. All right. All right. I think that's a, that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it, Thank question. you so much. Thank you so much. I love you all so Thanks, much. It's mad. Thank um, you. I want to say Sorry new, you only asked two new, of those new, questions new, on there. I don't, new. I did not, I thought, I thought we Thanks for listening to the Honey Boy podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and comment and share and all that good shit. And see you next time.